Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really happy to be here with you all. Um, yeah, how lucky I am that I um, get to come on Facebook Live and uh, speak about loving kindness for a while. <laughs> so thank you for, for allowing me or really inviting me uh, to do that. Oh, you know what? I forgot my headphones. Let me put these in really quick because I had some people tell me the sound uh, wasn't so clear. Maybe this might be helpful uh, to connect these headphones. Let's see. Okay. So hopefully that's better. Um, if you're watching this live and you wish to, uh, you could send me a message and let me know. That would be great. <laughs> okay. So, loving kindness. One of my favorite topics, really it is. Uh, uh, it's a practice that has resonated with me for many, many years and, and made a tremendous impact in my own life. Uh, generally, the teachings that I offer, I offer because uh, I've um, received profound benefits and insights from those practices. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't really um, bother. <laughs> Uh, so loving-kindness is one of those. So why am I here talking about loving-kindness today, other than the fact that I find it extraordinarily pleasurable? Well, I happen to be offering a loving-kindness meditation retreat online uh, coming up. And so these Facebook Live sessions are really designed to kind of ramp up the energy uh, and to lead into the eight-week online program. So I think this is the third Loving Kindness Facebook Live that I've done this time as a way of building up the momentum into the program. But don't worry, you don't have to have seen the other two to receive benefit from today's offering. Um, these sessions are standalone sessions. And in fact, if you don't do any of the Facebook Live and you just sign up for the retreat, that's also fine. Yeah, no worries. So a little bit about this online meditation program that I'm offering. This one is entitled Loving Kindness, Widening Our Circle of Care. We launch next week on October 5th, and it runs into November 26th. Now there are two sections available, and there are, there are spaces available in both sections still, so, um, but don't hesitate if you're thinking of signing up. Uh, they do fill up, and, and um, I, I cap the retreat participants uh, to about 15, 20 at maximum as a way of holding the uh, very, very uh, profound container that sometimes can be cultivated in this uh, cohort setting. And so the online community becomes um, quite important very often in these programs uh, for the engagement in the topic and the topic here, loving kindness. Okay, so section one uh, meets from 8 to 10 p.m. on Wednesdays and Sundays. That's East Coast time. Wednesdays and Sundays, 8 to 10 p.m. 
And so if you sign up for section one, that's kind of your cohort. That's the group that you would stay with. And I, I separate the two sections as a way of uh, maintaining the confidentiality agreement that we all enter into together as we open the retreat. So Wednesdays and Sundays, 8 to 10 p.m. There's a second section, uh, which is Thursdays and Mondays, 10 a.m. to 12 noon in Western Europe. And so, okay, so section two is designed to cater um, to people who live in Europe, but also people who, who live here in Asia who like a later start to the day. So 10 a.m. to 12 noon in, in Europe and France is 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. in Thailand or 4 to 6 p.m. in the Philippines, Hong Kong, and so forth. Uh, so adjust your, your schedule accordingly. Also keep in mind that uh, as we move into the fall, uh, daylight savings comes into effect. And so the times may change according to your geography. Uh, the time here in Thailand uh, doesn't change. There's no daylight savings here in Thailand where I'm located. And so the participants will adjust their clocks according to the time change. Now, all of the sessions in the retreat are recorded over Zoom, and they're made available just a few hours after the, the program, after the session ends. Uh, and so, yeah, that I think um, makes a lot of sense because asking anyone to commit to being anywhere twice a week for eight weeks uh, consistently, mm, that's pretty challenging for most people. Uh, and so it, it's helpful that we have the recording so that people can miss a few sessions, multiple, many sessions, or if it's comfortable, if you wish, you could do the whole program at your own pace, at your own time, uh, and doing all of the sessions by video as well. So I have people doing all of the above. I have some people making all of the sessions, some making uh, most or half, and some uh, just do the whole thing by video, and that's fine. Just a few things about the offering then before we get into the program. Everything that I offer, uh, whether it's the loving kindness practice or the online retreats or mindfulness, one-on-one -on -one sessions, whatever it is, everything that I offer, I offer within a trauma-sensitive framework. So I really feel very, very, mm, yeah, very committed to the idea that these teachings can be uh, presented in such a way so that they're accessible uh, for people with all sorts of conditions in their uh, nervous system. And so if people are holding on to trauma, um, these practices uh, can be extremely beneficial. And yet, when they're offered in the traditional way, sometimes that can be triggering for people who do have trauma. And so it just helps to, to reframe things in a trauma-sensitive way uh, so that these practices can land. So I'm very happy to be able to do that. Also, everything that I offer is offered within a secular framework. I, I was trained uh, very deeply in the Buddhist traditions, all of the Buddhist traditions, more or less, uh, Theravada, Mahayana, Zen, Tibetan, Korean, 
and uh, Burmese uh, traditions. Um, but also um, uh, trained uh, very deeply in um, uh, Vedanta Hinduism, not very deeply, but a few years in Vedanta Hinduism, and quite familiar with many of the Western uh, practices such as nonviolent communication, uh, Shambhala, uh, trauma sensitive mindfulness, and, and many others. And so, really saying all of that to uh, kind of highlight the idea that I'm really into getting these teachings to people from all walks of life, from any religion or no religion is also fine, agnosticism, atheism, uh, or any particular faith, everyone's welcome. And I do try to voice or give voice to these teachings in such a way that they become accessible to everyone. Okay. That went on a little bit longer than I had thought it would. <laughs> and so I'll ring the bell and I'll just bring us into the present moment. We'll just do maybe two or three minutes of settling. And then I'll offer this talk on loving kindness. So the invitation here is just to arrive into this present moment. If it's helpful, if it feels supportive for your practice, you might take a deep breath here. I'm really just feeling into how the breath moves through the body. And perhaps noticing the rising and falling of the abdomen. The expanding and contracting of the rib cage with each breath. And perhaps noticing how the shoulders rise and fall as you inhale and exhale. The back moving out on the in-breath and in on the out-breath. While we're noticing the breath, perhaps noticing how the temperature changes from cooler to warmer at the nose and the back of the throat with each breath. Resting, resting. And so while we're here resting with the experience of the breath, we might then bring awareness to the experience of the body. Noticing any sensations arising from the feet. There may be some tingling, some warmth, tension, pressure. Perhaps noticing the contact of the feet against the carpet or floor. We might also notice sensations of clothing against the legs.
perhaps noticing the weight of the body against the cushion or chair or mat. You might also notice the hands resting against the body or touching each other. The arms resting against the body. Perhaps noticing sensations of clothing against the back. The shoulders rising and falling once again with each breath. Perhaps noticing sensations arising throughout the back of the neck and the sides of the neck. Noticing too if there are sensations arising throughout the cheeks of the face. Noticing any sensations arising from the top of the head. Resting, resting. And so while we're here resting with this present moment experience of breath and body, the invitation then is to bring awareness to any sounds which might be present. And if you can hear sounds on my side of this experience, you you might hear the sound of rain, the occasional rolling thunder, the sound of my voice. There may be other sounds arising in your environment, quiet, subtle sounds or more loud, obvious sounds. Resting, resting. So while we're here resting with this present moment experience, the invitation then is to meet this present moment with kindness. Much in the same way we might meet a close friend, a loved one, a pet. Can we meet the sounds of this present moment as if we were meeting a friend we haven't seen in a very long time? Can we meet the sensations arising in the body? 
the same way we might meet a song or a favorite song. Holding the sensations in the body in the same way we might hold a kitten or a puppy or a newborn baby. Now there may be areas of the body that are painful or challenging for some reason, and that's fine, that's normal. We don't need to push anything or try to create an experience, but simply meeting what's there. And if you're noticing resistance, and seeing if you can meet the resistance with kindness. Yes, the present moment is just like this right now. Holding any resistance with kindness, with compassion, with warmth. Perhaps offering yourself phrases like, may I feel safe in the midst of this? May I find happiness in the midst of this? If you wish, while offering the phrases, you could put a hand over your heart. May I be peaceful in the midst of this. May I find ease in the midst of this. May I feel safe in the midst of this. May I be happy in the midst of this. May I be peaceful in the midst of this. May I find ease in the midst of this. Resting, resting. And so in the next few breaths, we'll begin to shift away from the guided meditation and back into a conversational space. And I'll cue that by ringing the bell three times.
<clears throat> so thank you for, for joining me in that guided meditation. And by the way, if you're watching this back on video and you wish to stay in that practice longer, please feel free to press pause now and you're welcome to stay there as long as you wish. Hmm. So boundless loving kindness, cultivating really this type of friendliness towards all beings and towards all of experience in general. It's a pretty high bar, right? <laughs> so yeah, I, I spoke to this a little bit in a previous session on Facebook Live, but just to kind of cover or recap a little bit of what I offered there. Um, we're talking about a quality here called, in Sanskrit or Pali, called metta. Metta. And metta uh, doesn't really, like many Sanskrit and Pali words, uh, doesn't really have an exact translation. The most common translation is loving kindness, and that's, you know, as a result of that, that tends to be where I gravitate towards. But I'm really liking this translation of unconditional friendliness. Unconditional friendliness. For me, that has a lot, um, uh, yeah, it just speaks a lot more to the quality that we're attempting to cultivate. I find that, uh, I don't know, for some reason, the words unconditional friendliness it feels more accessible to bring that to experiences, whereas loving kindness, uh, I don't know, that feels more uh, on a personal level. Might just be my preference, I'm not sure. I have no canonical proof to back that. <laughs> so essentially, in the practice of loving kindness, which makes up 25% um, of a much larger practice called the practice of the Brahma Viharas. Brahma Vihara, a Sanskrit term, which means the home of the gods or the dwelling of the gods. And so how this was presented to me back in 2004, 2005, somewhere around that uh, from my teacher, uh, he said we do three months on loving kindness. Actually, I started with equanimity, but it, it really doesn't matter where you start in the in the cycle. Uh, traditionally, it's offered with starting with loving kindness, but you could start with equanimity or joy or compassion. So I started with equanimity, and it, I did three months with equanimity, three months with loving kindness, three months with compassion, and three three months with joy. Yeah. So that's a year of practice, right? And I'm still doing that same process year in and year out since 2000, let's say 2005. Uh, and it, it just keeps bearing fruit and it keeps getting deeper and deeper. And so this is a lifetime of practice. Uh, so if you come to the eight week program, and I hope you will, um, you know, just to keep in mind that um, you'll be introduced to a set of practices that you can have with you for your life. It's really, really um, tremendous. So we start with love and kindness for ourselves, And then we expand that to include 
people we like, people we love. Also could be pets. We then broaden that circle again to neutral people, people we don't know, strangers. Then we broaden the circle again to people who challenge us. Traditionally, that's termed enemies, but I think that's quite strong. Maybe I'll speak to that a little bit. And then some traditions include groups of people. And in the course, we will explore that briefly, and we'll spend one week offering metta to groups of people and then into the entire world. So the way I've structured the course, and this is flexible, I, I do uh, offer the courses live. And so as a result of that, I'm able to cater the course to meet what's arising for people. <clears throat> so I kind of have a loose outline, but it's by no means fixed, pardon me. But the intention right now is to spend three weeks cultivating loving kindness for ourselves. <clears throat> then one week for loved ones, one week for neutral people, one week for people who challenge us, one week for groups of people, and then the final week for the entire world. So that's how we'll be, that's the, the, the proposal anyway, that's the theme. Again, that's flexible. So I got a question the other day around this practice and they were, you know, kind of presenting the question in, in such a way, you know, there's so much suffering in the world. You know, there's, you know, you know, just look at what happened in Florida the other day. Oh my goodness. You know, my heart goes out to all of the people who were there in Florida and who are recovering uh, from that tragedy that that's happened there. But, but it's not only there, it's, you know, it's global warming is happening everywhere. And, you know, weather patterns are getting more and more severe everywhere. <clears throat> and I want to acknowledge that it's not just global warming, but the, the political divisiveness of the world right now, it's, it's very intense, a lot of suffering. <clears throat> We thought, and, and you know, and, and COVID too. People are still recovering from lockdowns, from um, all sorts of uh, stress that was delivered over the two, two and a half years of COVID. How can we spend eight weeks um, cultivating love and kindness in the face of all of that? <clears throat> Fair enough. It's a good question. I would propose that how can we not practice cultivating loving kindness in the face of all of that? Because it is this capacity that we cultivate to open our heart to the experience of life that will allow us to navigate the challenges more skillfully. The practice of loving kindness and all of the Brahma Viharas are designed to allow us to step off of our habitual reactive patterns, to let those go. See, we've all been trained 
in a particular way. As we were growing up, we were taught by our teachers, our parents, our society, our culture, and so forth. But that training uh, becomes a part of our unconscious way of moving into the world. And so generally when things arise that are painful, are challenging, uh, very often the training that we received mm, is frozen at an earlier age. And so that leads to kind of a reactivity and that becomes habitual, becomes set into our personality. So we become the angry person or we become the uh, depressed person or the sad person or whatever our habitual reactive pattern is or are, whatever they are, we become that, we be embody that. Loving kindness is designed to soften that in a sense uh, we're continuing the, tra the training that we've received as youngsters. We're, we're continuing that training and, you know, at least from my perspective, that training is a more mature training. So that when we encounter the challenges of life and we are confronted with struggle, we don't fall back onto those initial patterns of reactivity, of anger, of fear, of craving, of desire, of ignoring, of shutting down. But rather we fall back to kindness. We fall back to compassion. We fall back to care. We fall back to equanimity and joy and wisdom. So this isn't a blind passivity, not at all, right? We're not, you know, you know, closing the door and cultivating a toxic positivity, right? But in fact, we're, we're training our heart and our mind in such a way so that we can more skillfully, more completely, more honestly meet the present moment. So I mentioned these stages. And so for perhaps for this talk, I'll just talk a little bit about each of these stages. So we cultivate loving kindness for ourselves. We spend a, on the course, we'll spend a few weeks doing that. And, you know, I find that this can be quite challenging for many people. Right? We tend to be our own uh, worst critic. And ironically, the other course that I'm offering is going to be targeting the inner critic. But the inner critic is everywhere, right? So we don't have to look very far. And so we, you know, in offering loving kindness for ourselves, we're kind of nurturing uh, the spaciousness of heart so we can hold the inner critic without reacting to the inner critic. So this can be incredibly resourceful. It's a, a very, very um, 
sound place to seek resilience and strength. The Buddha talks about bathing and soaking and drenching one's very being in the warmth of loving kindness. And so we're going to be engaging in practices that allow us to do just that. Where we soak every cell of our body in the warmth of loving kindness. Again, this isn't toxic positivity, but the more we do that, the passing state of kindness that we all experience to varying degrees eventually becomes a permanent trait. Slowly, gradually, we notice that we are kinder with ourself, with our experience of life. So we'll spend three weeks, that's the proposal anyway, cultivating love and kindness for oneself. And then we expand out that circle of care to include friends, loved ones, pets, people we're fond of. That usually comes quite easy. In fact, many people find that stage of practice easier than the initial stage where we're offering loving kindness to ourselves. The tricky thing about loving kindness for loved ones is people often want to use um, family members that they may have some uh, uh, struggles with. We, we know we love them, but at the same time, um, that tension that might be in that relationship often poses a resistance to the practice. Very helpful uh, to use people in our lives uh, for this practice for whom we have no struggle with at all. I often use my cat. No struggle there. Um, but I do have other loved ones that I tend to use as well. And so if you don't have a pet, don't worry. Um, yeah, but do try to find a friend, a close friend, a loved one for whom that, that relationship is very useful with. Then we expand that circle of care and compassion and kindness to include people we don't know. Now, I gave a whole talk on love and kindness for neutral people a few weeks ago. So if you missed that, you might want to catch that. But for me, that, uh, that stage or that um, aspect of this practice, I find um, really amazing. You know, because when you think about how many people there are in the world that we don't know, right? I don't know about you all, but that's most people, <laughs> right? And so when we really focus on that neutral feeling tone that arises in our own heart, in our own body, in our own mind, when we're in the presence of people who are neutral to us, we recognize that that neutralness is actually very easeful. There's no push against something we don't like. There's no pull to bring something that we like in towards us. So this quality of neutral, when we bring 
this heartfelt mindfulness, when we bring kindness to that quality of neutral, it becomes a place of strength, a place of ground, a place to rest. When you think about how little rest there is in the world these days, that's so valuable. And yet, how easy it is that we overlook what's neutral in our life, the oxygen that we breathe, right? How often do we think about it? And yet, how fundamental is it to our every breath? How necessary it is to our very existence, right? And then we broaden that circle of care and compassion to include people who challenge us. <clears throat> Many people find this the, the most uh, challenging, uh, no pun intended, uh, stage of the practice. That makes sense, right? You know, how often do we move into kindness when we're in the midst of a, a heated political debate, debate, right? Or when we're you know, confronted with someone who's um, voicing views that are harmful to ourselves, to others, or to themselves. How often do we shut down or do we move out of anger or fear? So when we can hold that natural, normal response of our nervous system with kindness, then we can meet the person who challenges us with kindness. So this stage of the practice, the way I've come to understand it, uh, has two prongs. We hold the challenge with compassion for our, our we hold our own challenge with self-compassion, with kindness for ourselves. And that really softens things. And then if it's possible, we see the challenging person in front of us or experiencing them through or recognizing that they too are suffering, that just like us, they encounter pain, they encounter uh, emotional distress, just like we do. That this challenging person or these challenging people uh, want to be loved, just like we do. They want peace, just like we do. They want joy, they want happiness, just like we do. Now, granted, those very natural, normal wants do get horribly distorted when those wants are brought into the manifest world, very often. And so if we can, you know, bring this heartfelt kindness and compassion 
to those people who are causing that kind of suffering in the world. then, well, that might be exactly the medicine that those people need. That might be exactly the nutriment that is lacking in those people's diets. And so it just requires that initial bravery of heart to break that cycle of suffering, right? Hurt people hurt people as the, the very common expression in, in, in psychology and psychoanalysis, right? Hurt people hurt people. And so that cycle will continue indefinitely until one person has that bravery of heart who can step forward and apologize, who can step forward and say, enough. Let's be kind to each other here. The world doesn't need more anger. <laughs> The world certainly doesn't need more political divisiveness. We don't need more greed or hatred. Don't need any more fear. What we could really use right now, at least from my perspective, a little more kindness, a little more compassion, a little more wisdom, equanimity, a little more joy. So I think that's all I've got to say today. It's so funny, I prepare all of these notes for these talks and I... <laughs> I don't use them at all. I didn't use the notes today at all. That's fine. I enjoy that. So thank you for being here with me, um, indulging me in this uh, 45 minutes together or so. Hope to see you on the retreat. If not this time, then perhaps next time. If you're interested, uh, go to the website, suchsweetthunder.org. You can find out all of the registration uh, information there and also other information that, that I may have missed here. If you have any questions or comments, uh, please feel free to send them over, either post them on the video. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for, for joining. Hi, Carrie. Nice to see you both. Um, yeah, questions or comments, you can send them to me through email, through the website, or you can post them on the video or you can send them to me uh, through direct messenger. Hope to see you all in the retreat and I hope you all have a really beautiful, uh, lovely weekend. Okay. Thanks again and see you next time. I'll ring the bell to close this out. Thank you.